I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh,
Thank you. Welcome to the center of the earth. The ethers that birthed you as above, so below you. You dig? Dissolving your hate, I transform into greatness. Spitting storms from my spaceship with an aura that's ancient. Restoring order, destroy the borders through the portals of the shrines and altars. We the daughters that you prayed for. Sweet and sour, and my mama whip that same source. Heat from the same source, flow with that same force. Carry that same torch, I enforce the same laws. Ay, we universal, creator said to be and keep my soul about the circus. Fulfill my purpose with ease, keep it sweet, focus on my peace. And always greet the family. Yeah, welcome is great to make your acquaintance. Jerking agents like Keanu in the Matrix. This initiation, we're building a real and blatant. Returning what's lost and taken. Whipping honey in the basement. Ooh. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Water break, water break. The bender in the speed journey through the galaxy. Loving life, we loving like the fist is swept on the street. The new goddess on the block. Space age shorty swinging crystals from my life. We the bender in the speed journey through the galaxy. Loving life, we loving like the fist is swept on the street. And you know that this a bar. Futuristic slayers aiming lasers at the odds. Landed. Time to take over the planet This the shit that we've been planning Demons shook and start to panic We done black dog bandits Expanded with mama planet hey. In the stream of protection hey. And divine intervention on, on the mission Listen, Listen. this is stick up, stick up Recalibrate, prepare for liftoff Coming from the land of In the tenth dimension A vessel for God You know that's my mom Give thanks to my eyes For the bitter sweet journey through the galaxy Loving life, we loving life The fence is swept on the street That new goddess on the block Space age shorty swaying crystals from my lives We the bitter sweet journey through the galaxy Loving life, we loving life The fence is swept on the street And you know that this a bop Futuristic slayers aiming lasers at the eyes The new goddess on the block. Space ain't shorty swaggy crystals from my lives. And my soul is hip hop. I flow for everything I got. Joyous, joyful, exaltation. 
exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is neurocapitalism. Neurocapitalism. We're going to start off in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun, that the Most High has not already revealed. We're going to start off with Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Colossians 3, 2. Set your affection on things above, and not on things on the earth. Proverbs 19.8 He that getteth wisdom, he that keepeth understanding, shall find good. Proverbs 27.17 Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Hebrews 12.3 For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be worried and faint in your minds. Jude 1.10 But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. 1 Timothy 6.10 For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Isaiah 26.3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And Proverbs 27.12 A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Beautiful loves, I have a touch of laryngitis today, but I just really wanted to get this message out and the information that I've gathered, so hopefully my voice will stay with me and be blessed and strengthened as I continue to record. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme, neurocapitalism, blessings, and grace.
me soon done. You can't come through without the father and the son. Jesus are the savior. Let him be your anchor. That can come in and you will live for your dream. We were made in his image and likeness. We were made just to worship him. So no matter put him off, no matter run away. Receive the Lord today. Are you hearing, are you feeling what you say inside? 
Blessings and grace, and welcome to tonight's theme, Neurocapitalism. This musing came by way of another book named Neurocapitalismo, Neurocapitalismo, by Italian author Giorgio Grisati. It was published back in 2016. The book highlights our symbiosis with technology and its impact on social life a tool that is essential for progress and sometimes an instrument for revolution. Technology can also act as the warrant officer for anyone seeking to control others. The book, which has been translated into French, English, and Spanish, takes capitalism, which was forged at a time when there was only a question of surplus value and means of production, and looks at it through the prism of a modern world. When Grisati was asked, what specifically distinguishes neurocapitalism? Who, what, and should we be wary of? His answer was, one could say that, compared to the industrial capitalism that Marx described, we're now entering a cognitive and biocognitive era of capitalism. Factories still exist, but they are no longer at the heart of politics. We have moved from a time when the driving force of all activity was accumulation in the physical sense. To a society based on performance and the exploitation of life in a broader sense, whether you're working or just spending time in front of a screen, it is a form of production and cognitive capitalism exploits this for its own profit. Our economy is based on knowledge and information. Capitalism in Silicon Valley, which is part of the financial machine, founded its own power on its mastery of algorithms and the ability to manipulate our attention and even space, time. On rawstory.com, in an article published August 30th, 2019, it says report sounds alarm over brain-reading technology and neurocapitalism. Your brain, the final privacy frontier, may not be private much longer. A Vox report that swiftly sparked alarm across the internet Friday outlined how in the era of neurocapitalism, your brain needs new rights. Following the recent revelations that Facebook and Elon Musk Neuralink are developing technologies to read people's mind, Mark Zuckerberg's company is funding research and brain-computer interfaces, BCI, that can pick up thoughts directly from your neurons and translate them into words. The researcher says they've already built an algorithm that can decode words from brain activity in real time, and Musk Company has created flexible threads that can be implanted into a brain that could one day allow you to control your smartphone or computer with just your thoughts. Musk wants to start testing in humans by the end of next year. Considering those and other companies' advances and admissions, Samuel warned that your brain, the final privacy frontier, may not be private much longer, and laid out how existing laws are not equipped to handle how these emerging technologies could interfere with the rights that are so basic that we might not even think of them as rights, like our ability to determine where ourselves end and machines begin. Samuel interviewed neuroethicist Marcelo Lenka, a researcher at ETH Zurich, who published a paper in 2017 detailing four human rights for the neurotechnology age. 
that he believes need to be protected by law. Linka told Samuel, I'm very concerned about the commercialization of brain data in the consumer market, and I'm not talking about the far-fetched future. We already have consumer neurotech with people trading their brain data for services from private companies, he said, pointing to video games that use brain activity and wearable devices that monitor human activities such as sleep. I'm tempted to call it neurocapitalism. The Vox report broke down the four rights that, according to Lenka, policymakers need to urgently safeguard with new legislation. One, the right to cognitive liberty. You should have the right to freely decide if you want to use a given neurotechnology or refuse it. Two, the right to mental privacy. You should have the right to seclude your brain data or to publicly share it. Three, the right to mental integrity. You should have the right not to be harmed physically or psychologically by neurotechnology. And four, the right to psychological continuity. You should have the right to be protected from alterations to your sense of self that you did not authorize. Brain data is the ultimate refuge for privacy. When that goes, everything goes, Linka said. Once brain data is collected on a large scale, it's going to be very hard to reverse the process. Lenka, in his interview with Samuel, noted that the Defense Department's Advanced Research Agency is assessing how neurotechnologies could be used on soldiers. As he explained, there is already military-funded research to see if we can monitor decreases in attention level and concentration with hybrid BCIs, brain-computer interfaces, that can read deficits in attention levels and write to the brain to increase alertness through neuromodulation. Neuromodulation. There are DARPA-funded projects that attempt to do so. Such technologies raise concerns about abuse not only by governments, but also by corporations. Today, neurocapitalism shapes the technological production of the commons, transforming them into tools for commercialization, automatic control, and crisis management. On totnews.com, there's an article entitled The Rise of Brain-Reading Technology. Technology allowing thoughts and feelings to be translated and shared into digital form are already a reality. And in the era of neurocapitalism, your brain will soon require its own rights. In the modern world, Brain-computer interfaces allow us to connect our minds to computers for medical purposes, and now big tech is seeking to transform this into consumer commonplace. Nothing was your own except the few cubic centimeters inside your skull, says Winston, a protagonist from George Orwell's dystopian novel, 1984, published in 1948. That comment was meant to highlight the repressive surveillance state that the characters live in. In retrospect, however, it may show just how lucky they are. At least their brains are still private. There's a lot going on in the rapidly emerging field of brain-computer interface, BCI design. Corporations and governments have recently been making aggressive investments in technology explicitly created to allow your mind to control and interact with connected devices. The vision of this tech will result in ongoing 
real-time connections to your innermost thoughts. Gone is the need to use vocals to gain Alexa's attention. Rather, you will simply have to think. A BCI is a device that allows for direct communication between the brain and a machine, with the foundation to this technology being the ability to decode neural signals that arise and translate them into commands that can be recognized by machine. The data they can gather is currently based around measuring the physical movements people make on their emotional state, but as machine learning algorithms become more sophisticated and BCI hardware becomes more capable, it will become possible to read thoughts with greater precision. Today, there currently exists two approaches that allow a user to connect the brain to external computing systems defined as invasive and non-invasive techniques. Non-invasive systems read neural signals through the scalp, typically using EEG, which are the same technology used by neurologists to interpret the brain's electrical impulses. Invasive systems, meanwhile, involve direct contact between the brain and electrodes. They are being used experimentally to help people who have experienced paralysis to operate prosthesis, such as robotic limbs, or to aid people with hearing or sight problems to recover senses they've lost, as well as software improvements. Additional advancements are beginning to be used by BCI systems. These include focused ultrasound and transcranial direct current stimulation. Most of these systems had previously been restricted primarily to the fields of science and medicine. However, in the age of increasing technological developments, companies are now beginning to research how they can capitalize on these techniques in a growing consumer world. Furthermore, governments are now also beginning to adopt the technology in various programs. In China, the government has introduced measures to allow them to mine data from a worker's brains by having them wear caps that scan brainwaves for depression, anxiety, rage, or fatigue. Companies can decide if they want you to wear an EEG headset to monitor your attention levels. In the West, the United States military is also looking into neurotechnologies to make soldiers more fit for duty, including ways to make them less empathetic and more belligerent. Interesting when you consider military deployment during the COVID-19 saga. As for the problems with BCI, brain-computer interface, in one BCI patient examination published in Nature and conducted by researchers at the University of Tasmania, patient 6, who had been given a BCI for epilepsy, came to feel such a radical symbiosis with the device implanted in her that she said it became me. Electrodes had been implanted on the surface of her brain that would send signals to a handheld device when they detected signs of impending epileptic activity. On hearing a warning from the device, she knew to take a dose of medication to halt the coming seizure. Other researchers have also studied computers that monitor brain activity, suggesting BCI devices affect each individual differently from a psychological perspective. Don't take this lightly. Although it is still relatively early days, psychological continuity can be disrupted, not only by the imposition of neurotechnology, but also by its removal. This could lead, potentially, 
to a future scenarios where companies can essentially own your sense of self. Now, this type of predictive programming was introduced to us in Steven Spielberg's dystopian film, Minority Report. Bioengineered precognizant humans, precogs, are linked to a brain-computer interface, a BCI, and monitored for future murders. Information gleaned from their mind's eye is used to prevent these murders before they occur. Murder suspects, once captured and brought to justice, are kept with their bodies suspended and their minds occupied in a virtual world. In the actual world, there are no precogs, but we can conceive of a sufficiently advanced artificial intelligence that using non-evasive thought-reading technology can approach the effectiveness of precognizance. On futureslimited.com, the author Aaron Vesey proposes three advancing tiers of fidelity. Tier 1, using predictive algorithms and non-evasive thought-reading technology. Artificial intelligence applies some metrics to the disposition and personality of some person or persons. There is a statistical probability that the target will perform some violent action against another person in their lifetime. With this information, there is the possibility of choosing individuals to monitor towards the goal of crime prevention. Tier 2, the artificial intelligence has achieved such a fidelity that a statistical probability for committing some violent action can be localized to some region in space and time. And Tier 3, with growing fidelity and matching this information to the history and movements of the target, as well as the information about other citizens, statistical probabilities can be assigned for particular crimes committed at a particular location at particular times against another particular individual. The artificial intelligence systems begin to resemble precognizance. And at globalneuroethics.com, again, that's globalneuroethics.com, the Neurospecific Human Rights Bill. The volume and variety of neurotechnology applications is rapidly increasing and outside the clinical and research setting. The ubiquitous distribution of cheaper, scalable, and easy-to-use neuroapplications has the potential of opening unprecedented opportunities at the brain-machine interface level and making neurotechnology intricately embedded in our everyday life. While this technological trend may generate immense advantage for society in many ways, its implications for ethics and the law remain largely unexplored. We argue that in the light of the disruptive change that neurotechnology is determining in the digital ecosystem, the normative terrain should be urgently prepared to prevent misuse and unintended negative consequences. In addition, given the fundamental character of the neurocognitive dimension, we argue that such normative response should not exclusively focus on tort law, but also on foundational issues at the level of human right law. This proposal of neurospecific human rights in response to emerging advancements in neurotechnology is consistent with and a logical continuation of the proposal of developing genetic-specific human rights in response to advancements in genetics and genomics. Genomics is the branch of molecular biology concerned with the structure, function, evolution, 
and mapping of genomes. So with the advancements of genetics and genomics, as set out by the Universal Declaration on the Human Genome and Human Rights and the International Declaration on Human Genetic Data, the freedom of thought, freedom from slavery, torture, and inhumane or degrading treatment or punishment are regarded by the international human rights law as not subject to any exceptions and therefore as absolute rights. Absolute rights cannot be limited for any reason. No circumstance justifies a qualification or limitation of absolute rights. Absolute rights cannot be suspended or restricted even during a declared state of emergency. The right to cognitive liberty the right to mental privacy, the right to mental integrity, and the right to psychological continuity should also be enacted into law as absolute rights. And on change.org, there is a petition for the Neurospecific Human Rights Bill. This petition supports the efforts of enacting this bill into legislation of every country across the globe. The absolute right to mental privacy the absolute right to mental integrity, the absolute right to psychological continuity. May we all maintain and sustain these absolute rights. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis, blessings and grace. Get up when the something Oh, yeah, oh. gonna fall for anything we had a day to solve the problem the day to make a better way the only day we can depend on so let us start with us today you better try if you help yourself to provide for all our what about God them fit do this and about God them fit do that Youths nowadays who no feel no one for that Stop grudge your brother for the food in a pot Better your tank judge for the life where you got You cannot blame another for your discomfort No for say them real and we find out say them not Things where them mad do them goodly pick up two shots Your time for rise so you can't watch that You don't stand for something You're gonna fall for anything We had a day to solve the problem The day to make a better way The only day we can depend on So let us start with us today You better try if you help yourself To provide for all our way Feel good for your brother to him no need for bad mind, you will get one this year Fire burn the oppressor, we a bring with the tears We a fear reach and we a conquer with fears So it's a hustle, you a hustle, well you must make a thing And if a great, you a juggle, you fake go and do your thing So if you is a artist, then you no fist stop a sing And if a silla see you say, you fake go and heal the king You don't stand for something, you gonna fall for we had a day to solve the problem, the day to make a better way. The only day we can 
you better try to help yourself I provide for you all Get up and do something Get the youth so no no fi stop unseen And that no mean you fi pick up no gun So no make nobody tell you say you can't win If you don't stand for something You're gonna fall for anything We had a day to solve the problem The day to make a say is um, yeah. don't don't be fooled by the internet uh, it's it's cool it's cool to get on the computer but don't let the computer get on you it's cool cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the matrix. There is a war going on, the battlefields in the mind. And the prize is the soul. So let's be careful. Thank you.
acting all the right with the man. Blessings and grace, and welcome to the Go and Gnosis, your news infused with consciousness, starting off on usnews.com. United States will not take part in WHO, World Health Organization, Global Drugs Vaccine Initiative launch. The United States will not take part in the launching of a global initiative on Friday to speed the development, production, and distribution of drugs and vaccines against COVID-19, a spokesman for the United States Mission in Geneva, told Routers. There will be no U.S. official participation, he said in an email reply to a query. We look forward to learning more about this initiative 
in support of international cooperation to develop a vaccine for COVID-19 as soon as possible. U.S. President Donald Trump has announced a suspension of funding to the World Health Organization, WHO, where it is the largest donor. French President Emmanuel Macron and German Chancellor Angela Merkel will help launch the global initiative on Friday, the UN agency said ahead of the event. Moving forward to newspunch.com, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says that Bill Gates couldn't even save windows from viruses. He needs to sit down. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has a message from Microsoft founder Bill Gates and his plans to save the world. Bill Gates has announced he is spending billions of dollars to save the world from coronavirus pandemic, outlining plans for seven factories to work overtime, producing seven prospective vaccines. Of course, you are unlikely to hear about the disasters unleashed by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation around the world. That's because they involve Indian and African children, and the mainstream media turned a blind eye, preferring to present Gates as a philanthropist and liberal icon. Moving forward to PhiBetaIota.net. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Is Bill Gates Satan's spawn or merely a geek gone mad and turned traitor, murderer? This is what Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said about Bill Gates. Vaccines for Bill Gates are a strategic philanthropy that feed his many vaccine-related businesses, including Microsoft's ambition to control a global VAC ID enterprise and give him dictatorial control over global health policy, the spear tip of corporate neo-imperialism. Gates' obsession with vaccines seems fueled by a messianic conviction that he is ordained to save the world with technology and a godlike willingness to experiment with the lives of lesser humans. Promising to eradicate polio with $1.2 billion, Gates took control of India's National Advisory Board, NAB, and mandated 50 polio vaccines, up from five to every child before age five. Indian doctors blamed the Gates campaign for a devastating vaccine strain polio epidemic that paralyzed 496,000 children between 2000 and 2017. In 2017, the Indian government dialed back Gates' vaccine regime and evicted Gates and his cronies from the NAB. Polio paralysis rates dropped precipitously. In 2017, the World Health Organization reluctantly admitted that the global polio explosion is predominantly vaccine strain, meaning it's coming from Gates' vaccine program. The most frightening epidemics in Congo, the Philippines, and Afghanistan are all linked to Gates' vaccine. By 2018, three quarters of global polio cases were from Gates' vaccines. In 2014, the Gates Foundation funded tests of experimental HPV vaccines developed by GSK and Merck on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 suffered side effects, including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died. Indian government investigations charged that Gates funded research committed pervasive 
ethical violations, pressuring vulnerable village girls into trial, bullying parents, forging consent forms, and refusing medical care to the injured girls. The case is now in the country's Supreme Court. In 2010, the Gates Foundation funded a trial of a GSK's experimental malaria vaccine, killing 151 African infants. Infants! And causing serious adverse effects, including paralysis, seizure, and febrile convulsions to 1,048 of the 5,049 children. 1,048 have paralysis, febrile convolutions, and seizures. During Gates' 2002 Men AfriVac campaign in sub-Saharan Africa, Gates' operatives forcibly vaccinated thousands of African children against meningitis. Between 50 to 500 children developed paralysis. South African newspapers complained, we are guinea pigs for drug makers. Nelson Mandela's former senior economist, Professor Patrick Bond, describes Gates' philanthropic practices as ruthless and immoral. In 2010, Gates committed $10 billion to the World Health Organization, promising to reduce population, in part through new vaccines. A month later, Gates told a TED Talk that new vaccines could reduce population. In 2014, Kenya's Catholic Doctors Association accused the World Health Organization of chemically sterilizing millions of unwilling Kenyan women with a phony tetanus vaccine campaign. Independent labs found the sterility formula in every vaccine tested. After denying the charges, World Health Organization finally admitted it had been developing the sterility vaccines for over a decade. Similar accusations came from Tanzania, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. In a 2017 study, showed that the World Health Organization's popular DTP is killing more Africans than the disease it pretends to prevent. Vaccinated girls suffer 10 times the death rate of unvaccinated children. Gates and the World Health Organization refused to recall the lethal vaccine, which the World Health Organization forces upon millions of African children annually. Global public health advocates around the world accuse Gates of hijacking the World Health Organization's agenda away from the projects that are proven to curb infectious diseases, clear water, hygiene, nutrition, and economic development. They say he has diverted agency resources to serve his personal fetish that good health only comes in a syringe. In addition to using his philanthropy, to control the World Health Organization, UNICEF, Gavi, and PATH, Gates funds private pharmaceutical companies that manufacture vaccines and a massive network of pharmaceutical industry front groups that broadcast deceptive propaganda, develop fraudulent studies, conduct surveillance, and psychological operations against vaccine hesitancy, and uses Gates' power and money to silent dissent and coerce compliance. In this recent nonstop farm media appearances, Gates appears gleeful that the COVID-19 crisis will give him the opportunity to force his third world vaccine programs 
on American children. Moving forward to dailymail.co.uk, United States doctors have started giving men with coronavirus estrogen in the hopes of boosting their immune systems after finding that the virus kills half as many women. Around the world, higher rates of men have been coming down with severe cases of coronavirus and dying compared to women. Some researchers believe it's due to the female sex hormones, mainly produced by women, estrogen and progesterone. Stony Brook University in New York and Cedars-Sinai in California will each be giving male coronavirus patients one of the two hormones. They will see if the hormones boost the male's patient's immune systems, decreases inflammation, and reduces the severity of the illness. Moving forward to dailysaba.com, Nigerian lawyers sue China for $200 billion over coronavirus damage. A group of Nigerian lawyers are suing China for the adverse effects of the coronavirus outbreak on the country and its citizens. Recent reports said that the lawyers demanded $200 billion in damages for the loss of lives, economic strangulation, trauma, hardship, social disorientation, mental torture, and disruption of the normal, daily existence of people in Nigeria. According to a statement by the lead counsel, Professor Epiphany Nzinge, whose firm Azinge and Azinge is championing the action. The lawyers established a two-phase action plan as they will first go to the Federal High Court of Nigeria and second to persuade the government of the Federal Republic of Nigeria to institute a state action against the People's Republic of China at the International Court of Justice at The Hague. The legal experts will be claiming damages to the tune of $200 billion and the Chinese government will be served through its embassy in Nigeria, Azange said. Previously, an Egyptian lawyer has pressed charges against Chinese President Xi Jinping, calling on his country to pay $10 trillion in damages caused by the novel coronavirus in Egypt. Also, last week, the United States state of Missouri filed a lawsuit against the Chinese government over the coronavirus, alleging the nation's officials are to blame for the global pandemic. And moving forward to Variety.com, YouTube to host free virtual film festival with 20 partners, including Cannes, Tribeca, and Sundance. With COVID-19 shuttering film fests worldwide, YouTube has stepped in to launch a 10-day digital film festival this spring with 20 partners streaming free to cinema fans everywhere. We are one a global film festival is being produced and organized by New York Tribeca Enterprises. The YouTube-hosted event will feature programming from 20 top film festivals, including the Cannes Film Festival, Toronto International Film Festival, Sundance Film Festival, Berlin International Film Festival, Tribeca Film Festival, and Venice Film Festival. The online festival is set to run from May 29th through June 7th, 2020. Again, that's May 29th through June 7th, 2020, and will be available at youtube.com backslash we are one. Again, that's youtube.com backslash we are one. The free to watch programming will not include any ads and is to include feature films, shorts, documentaries, 
music, comedy, and panel discussions. The individual film festivals will curate their own programming tracks. The 20 Fest, currently partnered with We Are One, are Annecy International, Animation Film Festival, Berlin International Film Festival, BFI London Film Festival, Cannes Film Festival, Guadalajara International Film Festival, International Film Festival and Awards Macau, Jerusalem Film Festival, Mumbai Film Festival, Karlavi Vary International Film Festival, Larkarno Film Festival, Marrakesh International Film Festival, New York Film Festival, San Sebastian International Film Festival, Sarajevo Film Festival, Sundance Film Festival, Sydney Film Festival, Tokyo International Film Festival, Toronto International Film Festival, Tribeca Film Festival, and Venice Film Festival. One notable festival that isn't part of the We Are One event is South by Southwest, which already packed with Amazon to stream 39 films, shorts, and series originally set for their 2020 festival in Austin last month. That virtual event, which is also free, kicks off this week. We're going to take a music moment and come back with technology, blessings, and grace. Get up in the morning, slaving for bread, sir, so that every mouth can be fed. In the morning, sleeping for bread, sir, so that every mouth can be fed.
Blessings and grace, and welcome to Technology. We'll be starting off on CNN.com. Hong Kong Airports brings in cleaning robots and disinfection booth. Cleaning robots, temperature checks, and antimicrobial coatings will soon become synonymous with airport trips. Hong Kong International Airport, HKIA, has provided a glimpse into what international airport procedures might look like once we're traveling again, and a lot of disinfection technologies are involved. The busy Asia airport claims it's the first in the world to trial a live operation of clean tech, a full-body disinfection booth. The short but thorough process sees those passing through undertake a temperature check before entering a small booth for a 40-second disinfection and sanitizing procedure. According to the airport authority, the inside of the facility contains an antimicrobial coating that can remotely kill any viruses and or bacteria found on clothing, as well as the body, by using photocatalyst advances along with nanoneedles. Moving forward to SingularityHub.com, this new smartphone-based DNA test could help track disease in real time. On-the-spot DNA tests can prove invaluable to doctors, farmers, and officials responsible for food safety or environmental monitoring. Now Chinese researchers have created an ultra-portable smartphone-based DNA testing platform that costs less than $10. Whether testing blood for the presence of a particular disease causing pathogen or monitoring the presence of certain microbes in river water, DNA testing generally involves looking for a very tiny amount of genetic material in a much bigger sample. A new testing system developed by researchers at the Army Medical University in China may help to fill the gap by allowing on-the-spot DNA tests in as quick as 80 minutes. 80 minutes. According to the researchers, their test achieves 97% accuracy using simple 3D printed parts that attach to a standard smartphone and weighs less than 0.22 pounds, 100 grams. At the heart of the system is an eye chip just four centimeters long that includes integrated sample preparation, DNA amplification, and signal detection modules. The various reagents required to carry out the test can be preloaded in the device, and the researchers showed that these could be kept for up to 10 weeks at room temperature without loss of performance. Apart from the obvious expense of the smartphone, the researchers say the disposable part of the test is just $4.10 and the reusable parts are $2.50, which compares to roughly $17,000 for a top-end commercial device. All that adds up to a DNA detection system that could realistically be used to carry out medical diagnostic, environmental monitoring, and food safety inspections at the point of need. Even in the most low-resource and inhospitable settings, the researchers note that the built-in geolocation and wireless communication capabilities of smartphones mean they could feasibly be used for real-time monitoring of all kinds of diseases and pathogens. Interestingly, the authors say it wouldn't take much to adapt the system to detect RNA, which would make it possible to track viruses like COVID-19. Whether it will be ready in time to help us with the current pandemic remains unclear. Moving forward to TechCrunch.com, Chinese startup Rokid 
pitches COVID-19 detection glasses in United States. Thermal imaging wearables used in China to detect COVID-19 symptoms could soon be deployed in the United States. Hangzhou-based AI startup Rokid is in talks with several companies to sell its T1 glasses in America, according to Rokid's United States director, Ling Guan. Rokid is among a wave of Chinese companies creating technology to address the coronavirus pandemic, which has dealt a blow to the country's economy. The Chinese startup with a San Francisco office plans B2B sales of its wearable devices in the United States to assist businesses, hospitals, and law enforcement with COVID-19 detection, according to Guan. Rokid is also offering IoT and software solutions for facial recognition and data management as part of its T1 packages. The T1 glasses connect via USB and can be set up for IoT capabilities for commercial clients to sync to their own platforms. The product could capture the intention of United States regulators who have become increasingly wary of Chinese tech firms' handling of American citizen data. Rokid said it doesn't collect info from the T1 glasses directly. Moving forward to finance.yahoo.com. UPS expands drone delivery to fight COVID-19. United Parcel Service UPS is dramatically expanding its drone delivery program with CVS Health Corporation to protect seniors in the country's largest retirement community from COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus. UPS subsidiary Flight Forward will begin using drones in early May to deliver prescription medicines from a CVS pharmacy to more than 135,000 residents in Florida's retirement community, the villages. Our country has a large population of at-risk people who have a large, disproportionate amount of prescriptions they use. UPS Chief Strategy and Transformation Officer Scott Price told Yahoo Finance, they are fearful of leaving their homes. This is a mechanism by which we are able to provide them a service which allows them to stay safe during these times. Moving forward to sciencealert.com, Pentagon has finally declassified those grainy UFO videos from the U.S. Navy. United States Pentagon is a secretive place by nature, but every once in a while, the public gets a little peek behind closed doors. After years of speculation, defense officials have now declassified and released three grainy videos from the Navy that have been circulating online for a while now, causing all sorts of speculation. The mysterious footage was captured using infrared cameras in November 2004 and January 2015 and leaked to the public a few years ago. As far as the Pentagon is concerned, these fast-flying mysterious objects are unidentified aerial phenomena, more particularly known as UFOs. Now, after a thorough review, defense officials have decided to share the original videos after deeming they had no classified information. Department of Defense is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos. The United States Department of Defense said in a statement, the aerial phenomena observed in the videos remain characterized as unidentified. 
Moving forward to sci-fi.com, Brain Implant and Signal Decoder have done the impossible and reversed paralysis. Paralysis used to mean a life sentence of immobility with no way out until now. Back in 2010, Ian Burghardt suffered a devastating injury that would leave him mostly paralyzed. Even though he was still able to move his shoulders and elbows, he had lost sensation in his hands. That was until Patrick Gasner at Battelle Memorial Institute fast-forwarded biotech into the future by developing a brain implant that would turn Burkhardt's life around. With the implant connects to a specialized brain-computer interface, it does something that has never been done before and has restored both movement and touch in his right hand. Paralyzed muscles can be reanimated following spinal cord injury using a brain-computer interface to enhance motor function alone. Gasner and his research team said in a study recently published in Cell, importantly, the sense of touch is a key component of motor function. Not only did the implant and BCI give Burkhardt his sense of touch back, but they also have allowed him to do things like swipe a credit card and play Guitar Hero again. Gasner was able to do this by tapping into the potential of residual touch signaling in Burkhardt's hand. These were brain signals for the touch that were so faint that Burkhardt was unable to perceive them otherwise. It used to be assumed that several spinal cord injuries eliminated all transmission of sensory information to the skin, but when a patient touches, they cannot feel. Stimuli actually provoke changes in brain activity. It is now thought that somatosensory nerve fibers, which send the brain information about objects in our environment through touch, survive even what is considered to be a clinically complete spinal cord injury. In the future, we hope this set of findings will enable patients with an implanted BCI to maximize the information encoded in the recorded neural activity for function gains, Gaisner said. And moving forward to link.springer.com. What does your gaze reveal about you on the privacy implications of eye tracking? This is the abstract for a paper that was done by Jacob Leon Kroger, Otto Hans Martin Lutz, and Florian Mueller. The abstract reads, Technologies to measure gaze direction and pupil reactivity have become efficient, cheap, and compact, and are finding increasing use in many fields, including gaming, marketing, driver safety, military, and healthcare. Besides offering numerous useful applications, the rapidly expanding technology raises serious privacy concerns. Through the lens of advanced data analytics, gaze patterns can reveal much more information than a user wishes and expects to give away. Drawing from a broad range of scientific disciplines, this paper provides a structured overview of personal data that can be inferred from recorded eye activities. Recorded eye activities. Our analysis of the literature shows that eye-tracking data may implicitly contain information about a user's biometric identity, gender, age, ethnicity, body weight, personality traits, and sexual preferences. Certain eye-tracking measures may even reveal specific cognitive processes and can be used to diagnose various physical and mental health conditions. By portraying the richness and sensitivity 
of Gaze Data, this paper provides an important basis for consumer education, privacy impact assessments, and further research into societal implications of eye tracking. So they want to track our eyes. Overstand, it's the window to the soul. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace. Truth is 
better eat your greens before the green consumes you. Focused on the dollar and the dream until the body lets down on you. You say the kale's hard to chew, so you'd rather eat your junk food. Stagnant frequency inside the temple. Now it's affecting your mental state of mind. It happens all the time. You better eat your greens, greens, greens. Asparagus, parsley. Cucumber, kale, and don't forget the collard greens, basil, oregano. You know I love my avocado. I'm in love with the cocoa, coconut. Daylight comes, told me I go pick a bunch of green banana, boil it in a stew. So you know I gotta add some callaloo. Eat your greens. Blessings and grace, and welcome to Herbnology. I'll be talking about the 10 evidence-based health benefits of coconut oil. It contains healthy fatty acids. Coconut oil is high in certain saturated fats. These fats have different effects in the body compared with most other dietary fats. The fatty acids in coconut oil can encourage your body to burn fat and they provide quick energy to your body and brain. They also raise the good cholesterol, HDL, in your blood, which help reduce heart risk. Researchers reported not only good overall health, but also very low rates of heart disease in the South Pacific. Helps combat high blood pressure and heart disease. Coconut oil lowers inflammation and helps with arthritis. Coconut oil gives you increased energy, stamina, and endurance. It also enhances brain power and memory. The MCFAs present in unrefined coconut oil have been proven to help older adults with memory problems. They can fuel brain cells very efficiently. Scientists are discovering more benefits of coconut oil every month. Coconut oil can really help with dandruff, seborrheic dermatitis, and psoriasis. Coconut oil is a great cooking oil, and you can use it in place of vegetable oil and butter. You can even put it on your foods, soups, salads, and entrees as flavoring. Coconut oil kills bacteria, fungi, microbes, and other dangerous pathogens. Coconut oil can help you build muscle. Coconut oil can be used during sex. It's a great lubricant. It's an excellent massage oil. It's tasty and organic and lubricating. Coconut oil shouldn't be used with latex condoms, though, as it can cause breakage. And coconut oil reduces the appetite. Always look to the nature of the Most High for all of your healing needs. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. You hear me the Listen, this one is not fun like Rasta. 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 
It is time you open up that metaphysical grave that had been dug for you, the part of you, the spark that lays buried. That is what's going to open you up. That's what's going to give you the ability to escape. Escape your metaphysical mind. Blessings and grace and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. I'll be starting off with the metaphysical meaning of thought, a product of thinking, a mental vibration or impulse. Each thought is an identity that has a central ego around which all its elements revolve. Thoughts are capable of expressing themselves. Every thought clothes itself in a life form according to the character given it by the thinker. The form is simply the conclusion of the thought. One of the axiomatic truths of metaphysics is that thoughts are things, that the mind of man marshals its faculties and literally makes into living entities the thoughts that it entertains is also a foregone conclusion. The word things expresses poorly the active and very vital character of the thought to which the mind gives life, substance, and intelligence. We see many inanimate things around us in the material world. If we compare our creative thoughts with them, we get an inferior conception of marvelous ability of our mind and its creative capacity. Thought is controlled by the right use of affirmation and denial, by the power of the mind to accept and reject. The power of the mind is the I am, and it is through the avenue of expression, I am, that thought control dominion and mastery are obtained. Thoughts are controlled by the mind, through its power to say yes or no. To hold a thought is to affirm or deny a certain preposition, both mentally and audibly, until the logic of the mind is satisfied and spiritual realization is attained. The thought atmosphere, the surrounding mental climate created by each person in accordance with the character of his thinking. Thoughts of negation build an antagonistic and discordant atmosphere. Thoughts of love and prosperity, of health and faith, create a harmonious mental atmosphere. The thought center, a collection or aggregation of ideas in the mind. Thoughts of one kind are attracted to another, form in consciousness, group themselves in the body, and build organs through which they manifest. For example, love manifests through the heart. The colony of thought, like attracts like. The thought will take up its abode in your consciousness with thoughts of like character. This law of attraction continues until combined thoughts make a colony. This colony of thoughts expresses itself in the cells of the body for good or ill. The power of thought, the moving force within an idea that gives it expression. All structures are built by thought power. This power is transmitted from mind to mind and from mind to body in a living form. Thought stuff, the omnipresent, invisible substance ever ready to take form in accordance with one's mental pattern. The thought stuff of the universe is more sensitive than a phonographic record. It transcribes not only all sounds, but even the slightest vibration of thought. Thought vibrations, energy sent out by the force and power of thought, 
All who are in like planes of consciousness with the thinker of the thought receives these thought energies. In this way, telepathic messages are sent and received. When one sends thoughts in personal consciousness, the process is laborious and dangerous. There is a law of spirit that equalizes all forces generated by the mind. This law is in the keeping of the divine principle, and there is neither success nor safety in using thought energies without its guiding wisdom. Thought is the process in the mind by which substance is acted on by energy, directed by intelligence. Thought is the movement of ideas in the mind. Thought control is established by aligning the thoughts with the mind of Christ, bringing every thought into harmonious relation to eternal, unchangeable principles. The healing balm for every inharmony in consciousness is understanding of the creative power of thought and its relation to God-mind and manifestation. Adverse conditions are built into mind and body by the law of mind action. Ignorant thinking forms the substance of mind and body into inharmonious states. An insanity, an unbalanced condition of the faculties of mind. The remedy is to know and realize that the unclouded Christ mind dominates all one's thinking and that there is perfect balance and control in both mind and body. The metaphysical meaning of power, man's innate control over his thoughts and feelings, a quickening from on high must precede his realization of dominion. Ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Acts 1.8 God is all power. Thus all things are possible with him. The mind and the body of man have power to transform energy from one plane of consciousness to another. This is the power and dominion implanted in man from the beginning. The climax of man's power and dominion is set forth in the resurrection and ascension of the type man, Yeshua. In mind, power is increased through exalted ideas. These show us the relation between the world without and the mind within, and we find that they are parallel. Whatever you see in the external, you may be assured, has its parallel in mind. The same law is operating in the spiritual realm and the material realm under different masks of manifestation. The one thing to understand is that whatever we see without is controlled by something within. This law, once revealed to the mind, clears up the whole creation and shows how the Most High works. Man is the power of the Most High in action. To man is given the highest power in the universe, the conscious power of thought. There is a universal creative force that urges man forward to the recognition of the creative power of his individual thought. This thought is elemental, and all its attributes come under the dominion of man. When he cooperates with principle, man sits on the throne of his authority, and the elemental force is subject to him. Spiritual power is omnipresent. It is released in our body by spiritualizing our consciousness. 
This divine energy will surge through us as we erase negative thoughts from consciousness and become one with God-mind. Spiritual faculty, an individualized center of God-consciousness. The twelve faculties or ideas in divine mind are faith, strength, wisdom or judgment, love, power, imagination, understanding, will, order or law, zeal, renunciation, and life. Man takes control of his faculties through exercising the will. There are two ways to develop the spiritual faculties through the evolutionary law of experience and trial, the school of the twelve sons of Jacob, or by the direct power of the word, or the I am, the purifying of the twelve apostles of Yeshua. The law of Moses and the experiences of the children of Israel under the old dispensation represent the first, and the transforming power of the true word or gospel of Yeshua is set forth in the New Testament is the second. When divine mind is looked to as the one and only guide, the faculties of man are developed in an orderly manner through the power of the word. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under law, but under grace. Romans 6.14 The metaphysical meaning of occultism, the belief that secret and mysterious powers can control the visible world. This procedure is not the way of the Christ mind, for there is nothing hid save that it should be manifested. Neither was anything made secret, but that it should come to light. Mark 4.22 The Hebrew word rakal, rakal, going about, trade, traffic, trader, merchant, commerce, a city of Judah, David sent a portion of the spoil to his friends in the city when they returned to Ziglag from destroying the Amalekites who had raided and burned Ziglag during his temporary absence from that place. 1 Samuel 30.29 Metaphysically, Rakal, a thought center in the Judah, the praise and prayer over acquisitive faculty in man whose burden is one of commerce, an exchange of ideas, of substance. When kept on a high plane, and the acquisitive tendency in man is good, but its exercise man attracts to his consciousness great spiritual understanding and realization of spiritual substance, power, and the like. But when man lets the accumulative instinct function through the sense mind, it takes the form of bartering and trading in outer goods, even to the acquiring of possessions by deceptive and dishonest means. It leads to the worship of money and the love of money, when allowed to rule the man, becomes a root of all kinds of evil. 1 Timothy 6.10 The Latin word, Mercury, Latin name for Hermes, swift messenger, reciprocal activity, commerce, trade, eloquence, oratory, interpretation, a name given to Paul of Lyconia. Mercury was worshipped by the Greeks and Romans as the god of eloquence. The people of Lyconia thought that the gods had come down to them in the persons of Paul and Barnabas. They called Paul Mercury because he was the chief speaker. Acts 14.12 Metaphysically, Mercury is the worship of the intellect, 
The intellect in man attaining knowledge, interpretation, oratory, eloquence from the outer material world and worshiping at the shrine instead of understanding that omnipresent spirit is back of the manifest world, even of the stars, which represents remote and little understood ideas and powers. Spirit is the one source of all. Therefore, all homage, reverence, praise, honor, and worship should be given to the Most High, Divine Mind, Spirit, Principle, Truth. The Greek word Alexandria, which means of Alexander, from Alexander, a ruling city in Egypt, a Greek center that was founded by Alexander the Great. Acts 28.11 Metaphysically, Alexandria denotes a phase of the intellect that rules the body consciousness at a certain stage of man's unfoldment until the position of rulership is given over to the rightful ruler in man, his spiritual I am. In this phase, the intellectual realm, which Alexandria signifies, there are Egyptians, Greeks, Jews, and Christians. All classes and kinds of thoughts have room until the intellect becomes quickened and guided by the true understanding of spiritual truth. Then all error thoughts and ideas are gradually weeded out. Among the Alexandrians, therefore, we find powerful thoughts and thought forces working for and against the Christ word in us in its work of redeeming our body. The Alexandrian of Acts 18.24-28 was a Jew who believed he did much towards spreading the gospel of Christ. He represents a religious intellectual thought that has been quickened by spirit to an understanding of the Christ truth and then gives itself over to the work of establishing this truth further in the consciousness. The Alexandrians of Acts 6-9 represent fixed states of thought in the realm of sense that rise up and oppose the all on further progress of spiritual ideas. They are stirred up by the arguments of Stephen, the illumined reason. There were many Jews in the city of Alexandria in Egypt, as well as people of other nationalities. It was a noted city of learning. It had a wonderful library that was very famous, and it was a seat of commerce, science, and education of the then known world. And Selah, it means tranquil, secure, at rest, silence, pause, quiet. Selah is a state of mind in which we relax from affirming truth and wait on the Most High in the stillness. Then the Holy Spirit may reveal more of its inspirations to us and may establish us more firmly in divine harmony and good. We have to direct our thoughts and hold our thoughts as sacred, purify them, refine them. Our mind is being mined, and we don't seem to mind. Overstand. We have to protect our mind and our rights surrounding it. Everything is not meant to be monetized. Take a moment and take prized possession over your mind and bless your soul in Yeshua's name. We're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace.
Blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Woman's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music. Josh Milan, Honey Sweet, Big Bro Esteban, Sarah Devine, Fill the Sky, Mesmerized Soul Mix, Kamasi Washington, Final Thought, The Elder Statesman, Montrose Sunrise, Colrose Close, Unison, Teddy Douglas, and Lewis Radio, The Violin, Sons of Kemet, My Queen is Mamie Phipps Clark, F. Soul, Greens, Moses Boyd Exodus, Drum Dance, Nautilus by Pat Van Dyke, featuring DJ Mint Plus, Atanya, One Fist, Reggaeville Rhythm, Moses Boyd Exodus, Rye Lane Shuffle, Yusef Kamal, Calligraphy, Desmond Decker, and the Aces, Israelites. Reeve Ghosh, Walking, Giles Peterson Remix, Kydie Cat, 15 Minutes, Prince, The Artist Giving Advice About the Internet, Kida, Stand for Something, Al Dobson Jr., Live at Makeover, Miles Bonnie, Hello Jesus, Chevelle Franklin, Salvation, Earthology, The Whitefield Brothers, featuring Bochka, Oshun, Welcome, Queen Omega, Real Lioness. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, flow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still. Focus. Decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground. Build. Give. Be you till full love. So that you can rise. And ascend. Blessings, grace, love and strength to all. Your time.